on America Can We Talk. I talk about election integrity, border security, health care freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Coming up next, America Can We Talk with your host, Debbie Georgianos. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgianos. Today in our show, we're going to talk about the Truman Show, the movie in real life, what's wrong with communism, Black Rock busted, but does it matter, and the Hunter plea deal versus the Trump show trial. Of course, I'll tell you at the end of the show why these stories matter to you. But I want to start talking about The Truman Show. You know, I always think it's fun if you can kind of talk about a movie that most people know and then tie it into something happening. And I don't know if all of you have seen the movie The Truman Show, but it has Jim Carrey as a star. It's from like 1998 or something. It's, you know, it's old. Uh, but it was a great movie. The essential storyline was that uh, Jim Carrey is the main character in a television show called The Truman Show, but he doesn't know his entire life is really a television show. Everybody else knows. Everybody else in the set, the person playing his wife and kids and everything in the community, they're all actors, but he thinks this is real life. And his perception of what his real life is is being put out as a TV show. And I uh, guess finally to the end, of course, where he figures this out. He has a few little glimpses. Something's wrong here. And he finally recognizes, hey, wait, this, this isn't really my life. This is just a TV show. And he's able to break. And, you know, it's in this confined little bubble uh, geographically. Anyway, he breaks out and just says, you know, uh, I'm going to have a real life. I don't like that everything around me has been manipulated. And that thought about, you know, everything we see in our lives, like what you and I see every day, all day, what we see and we think is organically occurring, we think is naturally occurring. People hold different opinions that we don't hold. People, you know, the, the uh, people get all riled up in some issue. We think, oh, I didn't understand that. You're, you know, wow, I have something new to learn. And when you finally wake up to how deeply and frequently the American population and really the world is manipulated by people who work hard every day to manipulate what you think, how you perceive things, what you think is true. Yesterday on the show, uh, we were very blessed to have a friend of mine on the show, uh, Trevor Loudon. He is a native of New Zealand, but he's uh, an American citizen now, probably joint citizen, I don't know. But in any case, he's here in America and he's been on the warpath trying to expose communism and socialism and Marxism that is behind many, many, many things that happen, many issues that we see uh, f that just pop up out of nowhere seemingly in the world, and also tries to, uh, not tries to, he does very effectively expose people who are in the members of the U.S. House, U.S. Senate, very prominent Americans, people around the world um, who are actually communists and Marxists and socialists but they don't say so. They're just in some public light, in some public figure role, and they march forward um, doing their thing and do not um, ever acknowledge to you that what they're pushing is communism. He's really the, on a march to say, to try to help people wake up and recognize what communism is and what it's doing. And one thing, story he told, and actually while he was here in uh, Texas visiting, he did my show yesterday. He gave a speech the previous night, Monday night. He gave a speech last night. And then uh, this morning, I believe, he left Texas. One of the main stories I asked him uh, each time to tell um, has to do with how he began to get a window, like he had his Truman Story moment when he was living in New Zealand. He actually used to be a baker. He had a bakery shop. You know, he made whatever bakers make. He you know, made stuff for people to buy and eat. 
and he had a friend uh, he came to know who had been with the New Zealand government, and this friend essentially went undercover with the communist movement uh, in New Zealand, the Communist Party of New Zealand, and this is decades ago, he went underground, uh, went, you know, uh, pretended to be a member of the Communist Party undercover, really working for the New Zealand government, and he went over as part of the Communist Party of New Zealand. They sent him and a group of people over to a really big meeting in Russia, and this was at the time Russia was still communist. And so they went to Russia, and the short story is, they spent weeks on end, these people sent, these communists sent from New Zealand as well as other countries around the world to basically a big fat communist briefing about how essentially communism would take over the world. And they had trained people as to New Zealand, I assume the other countries as well, but they had trained people in New Zealand as part of the presenters who really knew a lot about um, the New Zealand culture, what would fly to the people in New Zealand, what they believe, what they wouldn't believe, how you could, be, you could sway them. One thing that the communists wanted at that time was to get New Zealand to drop uh, its membership, its involvement, um, in a treaty that was actually, I think I wrote on the name correctly, is Australia, New Zealand, USA, and ZUSA, I think it was. Anyway, ANZUSA. The point of it was, it was a protection treaty, and it was trying to help Australia, New Zealand, and America, you know, bond together and help defend um, against the Russians, against the communists. And part of what occurred with that was, of course, American ships, you know, naval ships, would come into the harbor of New Zealand and they would have nuclear weapons on them because, because we defend ourselves, we have nuclear weapons ready. So what the communists did in Russia, they tried to, they, they want to get New Zealand to reject this treaty, get America out of the way, out of the way of the communist mission to cause this treaty to fall apart. So in this training in Russia, instead of telling the people of New Zealand, you know, the, the communists who are there, they're training the communists what they're in, in Russia uh, from New Zealand, what they're supposed to do when they go back to New Zealand, how they ca carry forth the messaging they've learned. And so they were not telling, they said, you know, very careful, you can't go back to New Zealand and say, man, America's a terrible country and we want to overthrow America, we hate America. That wouldn't fly with the people of New Zealand because New Zealand largely was very grateful to America for having protected New Zealand during World War II. So because the, the communists had thought this through so well, instead of giving that kind of messaging to New Zealand of you, and you ought to hate America, instead it was very pro-New Zealand, pro, uh, you know, we are New Zealand of the future, New Zealanders against for a nuclear-free world, blah, blah, blah. So they had these slogans they taught the communists who were at this meeting in Russia, and then those communists went back to New Zealand, and they spread that message around the culture of New Zealand. And uh, then New Zealand elected a leftist leader, and very shortly, that because of this issue about nuclear weapons, eventually New Zealand broke this deal, broke this treaty, the American-New Zealand-USA Treaty. They broke it over nuclear weapons because they got the, the communists got the people so riled up over nuclear weapons that they were, you know, proudly thought they were standing up for New Zealand, and what they were really, what was really happening, they were being 100% manipulated or played or just made fools of by the Russian communists. And the story that he, uh, Trevor Loudon, tells has, this is just a, this is the beginning of his work to recognize how nefarious, malicious, and massive the work is that the communists do in this world today. They just, this is how they spread their hatred, how they spread their destruction of freedom and the Western civilization and the world, it's what they do. And so he, Trevor Loudon, began diving in and studying more about first the Russian communists and then the uh, China, the CCP, China's Communist Party, and then how China's Communist Party has spread its, you know, ugliness of communism, Marxism, socialism, across the world, very similar techniques, manipulating populations. They don't have any idea why they're beginning to change their views on anything because they're not 
being openly encouraged to turn against their country or turn against their government, but it is a cultural thing. It is a, a masterful and massive effort by communists in this world to undermine Western civilization, undermine freedom, undermine countries that have the more Western tradition of freedom and free markets. So he uses the one point he makes, uh, Trevor Loudon does, he said, you know, it's, it continues to this day, really the CCP has taken more control of this agenda, this mission, than Russia, although Russia still is behind it too. Putin may not, you know, Russia may not be communist anymore, but Putin is a complete, uh, loves motherland Russia. He's fine with communism. He's fine with trying to spread uh, Russian domination. And the CCP, of course, the Chinese Communist Party, talked many times on the show, uh, has an openly stated, very recently openly stated mission. They're going to take down America. They're going to take down capitalism. That's actually their agenda. So one thing Trevor Loudon says is every time you elect, for example, in the UK, a Labor Party leader, you know, which is the, their, their leftists, what they put in place is Communist Party policies coming right out of the CCP. So when you're in England, you might think it's just a Labor Party candidate who had a really swell idea to have, you know, forced vaccination or whatever the issue would be. And you think it's coming from the Labor Party or the Labor Party official. It's actually coming from the CCP and through this, the, the tentacles of the way the CCP works of training people in uh, communist China and spreading around the world, spreading their people into countries around the world, having, the, in America, what Trevor Loudon talks about is the Chinese communists come to America, they turn next after they've gotten the instructions from the CCP, what it is you want America to think and do, so they come to America, they go after the labor unions because labor unions are radically, radical leftists. They get the labor unions on board with whatever the CCP wants the policy in America to be. The labor unions in turn get the Democrats on board. So every time, says Trevor Loudon, you have a Democrat party in power in Washington, you hear these new policies coming out, they always have as a root CCP, communism, and, and America's Communist Party. Even though we don't see it that way, and obviously Democrat Party, they don't run their candidates today in America calling them communists, but that's really what they're doing. We just don't know. We get played and manipulated. He said the same thing is true in, in Canada. You have a prime minister who is a member of the leftist party there. I think it's Labor Party, whoever it is in Canada. Whatever they're doing, their policies are coming right out of communism, and the same thing is true in the UK when the Labor Party is in charge, the United Kingdom. It's not really their policy, it's coming from the CCP. And I'm, I'm premising the show today on this to say that we in America, and really around the world, have been led on foolishly. We've been manipulated, we've been ha a psychological operation against the American people, against free people, and we think the battle is between groups of Americans. We think it's, oh, well, you know, Conservatives think this, liberals think this, or some group, new group is pushing this view, and we don't recognize how the American culture and society is being utterly played by the communists. I want to urge you again, if you have not yet purchased Trevor Loudon's books, his books are filled with data, footnotes, detail, detailing the direct connections between members of the United States Senate, the United States Congress, people all through the federal government who have not just, you know, one time their second cousin once removed went to a communist meeting. I'm talking actual direct connections of these people to some aspect of communism. The Black Lives Matter movement in America, utterly a CCP-funded, orchestrated, run, directed operation against the American people. And this is true even if the vast majority of people who would say they support Black Lives Matter or have even gained and joined in their protests would say, well, I don't know anything about communism. I'm just in favor of Black Lives Matter. They're not realizing they're being played like idiots, that useful idiots Lenin spoke about, dragged along, going along with something that the CCP is doing, all with the intention of taking down America. And I want to talk about this today because it's kind of like in the Truman Show when Jim Carrey finally wakes up near the end of the, of the movie and he realizes... I've been played the whole time. My whole life I've been played. I've been duped, I've been fooled, and now I want a real life. I want freedom from the manipulation of this Truman Show. I wanna live my life. Americans need to have that Truman Show moment in many, many, many ways.
and that my very fine friends is today's first five. Okay, I'll tell you something else that happened with uh, having Trevor Loudon here. He's always, you know, he's full of stories, he, and he, he has, in addition to all of the information he exposes, he has solutions, he offers ideas that Americans can use to fight this, to stop this, to root this out of our society. And I hope I have time to get to those today, but if I don't, I will another day. But I wanted to talk about, you know, I, I realized when uh, Trevor Loudon was here, he spoke, as I said, in my show, two other really big groups, you know, great presentations. But I was sitting there thinking last night while he's talking, you know, we have people who are the baby boomer age in America, and most of them could tell you something about what's wrong with communism. Most of them could say, I, I know what's wrong with communism. I mean, I, I can tell you, maybe not in a deep ideological breakdown way, but they could tell you why communism is evil, why we don't want it in America. And I'm going to go into that and, and really want to talk about that in more substance because I want to encourage you to recognize the ways in which communism is playing America and really the difference between communism, Marxism, and socialism versus America rooted in God-given freedom, rooted in God-given rights. That's the whole point of America's founding, the recognition by the founders recited in the Declaration of Independence that America is a country where we founded our basic creation of the country is about the idea that we recognize that men, all men and women are created equal. We have rights from our creator just because we were born, not because of our you know, ethnicity, skin color, uh, you know, who our rich ancestors were. We have rights because we were born, which include the very minimum life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Before I dive into this more, I want to tell you two quick things. Uh, one is this show, America Can We Talk, is carried on Brighty on TV. That is, I want to spell it for you, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N. And the website is brighteon.com. There's Brighteon TV. We used to be on Brighteon Radio, and now they move us over to Brighteon TV. And I'm telling you about that because it's an enormously uh, generous and consequential organization. Brighteon TV is all about giving voice to conservative views that are never going to be heard on mainstream media never going to be heard in the propaganda media in this country. And so this show, along with others, people I respect and appreciate who do what I do, who get on air every day and they say, let me explain this or that, let me run into detail on this, let me present an interview. These, this is, these are patriots who do shows carried on Brighty on TV. So I urge you to go to their website, brighteon.com, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N.com, Brighteon TV. You can look up America Can We Talk there. I just did this before we came on air. You have to, I, I, often I think it's fun to run America Can We Talk is all one word, but to find it there, you have to go America, space, can, space, we, space, talk. But America Can We Talk, it's on there. Please go and check it. Um, I really want to encourage you to do that. Um, and Brighty on TV, actually, it makes this show, it has been tremendously helpful in spreading this show. And so, please do that. Um, shortly, I'll be coming and telling you more about some products Brighty on TV makes available. Um, I don't have that information yet, but I will. Okay, so coming back to what's wrong with communism, I was thinking about the idea, how do you, dis how do you distinguish between, you know, you can say, well, you know, okay, we all kind of know communism is bad, or we, we used to know it was bad, or we used to say we knew it was bad, but, you know, I, I was thinking like how it functions today and, and what's, you know, not just, I want to talk about the ideological, the uh, thinking behind it, the conduct behind it, what, what that thinking leads to conduct, and just some examples. So, you know, in fact, there was a recent thing, I think, I think it was Dennis Prager, somebody uh, had a great thing about, you know, how do you define leftism, which really in America today is pretty much communism. Leftism in America today has, has utterly embraced Marxism, socialism, communism, and they all blur together, and, and it's very, very different from the, the ideological thinking behind the creation of America. I think Dennis Prager's idea was how, when you define leftism, you basically define it as the agenda is to erase the past, and that is true. I mean, part of what communism wants to do, what, in fact, what we talked about just a minute ago, what New Zealand, what happened to them, they had a great relationship with America, a, a protective relationship. America had been very protective of New Zealand during World War II, and because of the communist operation that came in and convinced these, you know, 
useful idiots uh, in New Zealand to get on board with, yeah, we're no nuclear future, so we're going to get rid of our, our uh, pact with America. And they, they, they just gave up on, they surrendered the protection of America that they had uh, under that treaty. And it was just, they got played. They just got played. And so what communism, so there is what Dennis Prager said, they tried to erase the past. So New Zealand, somehow those people, uh, at the time they finally uh, broke that, that treaty, you know, maybe a, f- a significant number of them didn't even know what the U.S. had done for New Zealand uh, during World War II. But communism, part of the problem, I was listening to, um, uh, to uh, Trevor Loudon last night speaking to a, a big group, great group, but I was thinking, sitting there, you know, People in a certain generation, you know, people who are uh, baby boomers, essentially, they know communism is bad, but right now it's happened in America because we've had decades of, t- of teaching in the public schools and universities. You have people getting out of college today. I am talking about otherwise intelligent people who get out of college and they think the difference between communism and freedom or you know, collectivism and Marxism and socialism versus freedom and free markets is something like the difference between whether you happen to be a Dallas Cowboys fan versus a Minnesota Vikings fan or, or a you know, Denver Broncos fan. They think there's no moral, moral difference between communism versus freedom. They don't know because they haven't been taught. In fact, if anything, they've been taught in the schools in America, the universities, to think there's no difference at all. It's not a values thing. It's just a, you know, who do you like better? But the premise of, of America's founding is this idea you have rights from, there is a creator, it's God, and you have rights from God because you were born, and you have the right to live in freedom. Not absolute wild, you know, in the jungle, every man for himself freedom, but under an order civilized society, under the Constitution and our laws, you have the right to live in freedom. The basic relationship is you and God, and government is there to, you know, keep order and to help the uh, society, um, you know, flourish and, and protect people in, in cases of, of wrongdoing of others. Communism, the premise is that the people who run the country, the people who are, in the case of China, the CCP, in other countries where communism has taken hold, the entire foundational premise is the communists are going to control every single aspect of your life. And part of the reason communists, uh, part of the basics that communists have to get to in order to assert their sel- themselves as having the right to control you, they have to stop and inhibit the people's belief in God. Because if you actually have a sense of faith in the Judeo-Christian scriptures, we have you know the idea of a, a God, the Creator, God who's good and loving and gave us life, and the source of law and purpose and identity and, and everything in your life. Communism requires people to believe that government is the whole thing. Government replaces God. They can't have people believing in God and believe they have rights from God because communists are all about telling you, you have no rights at all whatsoever unless we tell you that you do. Part what flows from that is in America, you just have the assumption, I have the right to live in freedom. And I know stories, I can't give them today, maybe another day, I know stories of someone who grew up half time in Texas and half time in Australia. And when they were collecting guns in Australia, he was trying to say, hey, you can't take our guns. You know, we have the right to guns. And the Australian police were looking at him like, what are you even talking about? Why, why would you think you have rights? I mean, they felt like it was a crazy idea. So the premise of communism is they, they have absolute right to control everything in your life, to orchestrate all of society, and to control basically where you live and what you can do what you can say, how you conduct your life. Communism, they, they must control all of society. It is foundational. It is why communist countries, when communists come into power, among the first things they do is close the borders. You can't leave communist countries except with special permission from the government, and they monitor you while you're gone, and they keep track of your family, so in case you decide not to come back, they go after your family. There is a control factor that is inconsistent with human freedom. That's part of the reason communism is utterly inconsistent with the idea of America. Utterly inconsistent. Also, what happens between in communism versus freedom, you know, in 
And in fact, it's the way the Democrat Party conducts itself today is a really good example. You think about what you know, the left wants to do to America. For example, and by the way, everything the left wants to do to America is absolutely the opposite of what would be good for a free people. Absolutely opposite. Leftists are all about control and every one of their agenda items has an underlying mission that is not to protect your freedom and your individuality. And on the subject of, and, and by the way, one more thing, I wanna, I wanna hit a couple more quick points. Part of the way, just the way that New Zealand got played by the, the uh, people who've been trained by the Russian communists and New Zealand thought they were getting all uh, heroic because they stood up and said, you know, we're not going to have any more uh, nukes. And so we, we are free of nukes, blah, blah, blah. And so they get rid of their treaty with America. Part of what uh, communists and, and leftists do in this country is elevate false uh, false arguments about what constitutes virtue, what constitutes what's good. Leftists sell the idea that non-judgmentalism is a really, really important thing. That the idea of, uh, you know, be open-minded, you know, you're not, and, and you know, open-mindedness has its place in certain contexts, but the push is be open-minded, don't be judgmental, be tolerant, encourage diversity, and so all these pushes are sold in a way that makes you think as an American citizen, well, gee, I don't want to be you know, judgmental, so who am I to say that, you know, whatever the issue is. When the left wants to convince you to buy into what they want you to think, they don't ever argue the merits of what it is they want you to think. They accuse you of being judgmental or bigoted or racist. And so they're never really acknowledging, here's what we're trying to push, and here's what you just have to accept because we said so. They do instead this whole bit. They push non-judgmentalism, diversity, tolerance, open-mindedness, as though they are themselves in the abstract virtues. One example, and I could do a bunch of them, but I won't. You know, when they elevate the idea of tolerance, well, tolerance by itself is not a virtue. If someone argued to you, you should be tolerant of, I don't know, you know, child sex traffickers, uh, domestic abusers. I mean, there are many, many people whose actions we should not be tolerant of. We should not tolerate. We should not allow those actions to continue unchallenged. And so, when, but when they push tolerance, people buy in and say, well, I don't want to be intolerant. Okay, okay, I'm tolerant. And then you've bought into whatever it is they're telling you to be tolerant of. This is the way leftists operate. Leftists kind of do two, it may seem like opposite things. On the one hand, they manipulate thought all day long. They manipulate thought, they manipulate how you view things. So people who recognize what a great country America is, what a unique and extraordinary country it is, have now been sucked into the leftist agenda of critical race theory. And uh, you know we have, allegedly, in the left-wing view of the world, we have massive racial, systemic, institutional racism in this country, which is not true, it's false, and they know it when they say it but it's a way to get control, it's a way to divide people. So they're constantly pushing thought, constantly pushing thought in the direction they want by using arguments that most people say, well, I don't wanna be viewed as intolerant, so I guess you know, I'll just go along with it. They also try to eviscerate the idea that truth exists, that facts exist, that truth exists. Biggest example most people can see today in this transgenderism, by the way, transgenderism is a communist movement is a communist-rooted ideology intended to convince Americans that we have a massive problem in this country, and, and when that f is fed into the consciousness of American citizenry, you have people who are just, uh, you know, they're, they're convinced this must be the truth because, you know, I, I saw it in propaganda media. We have a massive, you know, epidemic, practically, of transgenderism. No, we don't. We don't. We have manipulated thought. We have plenty of people who bought into that thought and they think that's what's true and they think maybe they are transgender or maybe somebody else is, or in any case, we all, should all be tolerant of it. And there has no rooting in truth, no rooting in truth at all. And they know it and we know it, but we continue playing along. And so this idea that they try to, you know, that they, on the one hand, are constantly trying to convince us truth doesn't exist and we're, you're intolerant if you won't agree with us. The other thing I was just thinking recently, I'm going to mention a little thing that's happening today in Congress that I, I find mind-blowing. 
The other thing leftists do, instead of trying to sell their policy to the American people, imagine if Joe Biden, when he ran for president, said, when I'm president, I'm going to open the southern border. I'm going to abandon border enforcement. Everyone, even leftists, would say, I'm not sure that's a really great idea, you know, Mr. Biden. I think you probably really need borders in this country. They don't, they, he didn't say he was going to do it. He just gets in office, not legally, not really, but he is occupying the White House. Joe Biden's in there, you know, being manipulated by whoever it is who runs things, really, and abandons the southern border. We're now flooded across the southern border, not just with sex traffickers and drug traffickers and fentanyl, but with dangerous people, with people coming to America, Chinese age fighting men pouring over the border the southern border of Mexico into America, disappearing into the heartland, and who knows what the plan is to use them. But it is not to create new communities where they can live in freedom and have the opportunity to find a new life. That is not why they're coming here. So we have what the left does, they just do what they want to do. They bulldoze. They never expect the American people to go along with them. They never ask the American people what they think. They don't weigh, and conservatives are forever in a day trying to sell their ideas, explain their ideas, explain why, for example, it is better to have an enforced border, why we have to have laws at the border. And everyone would say, well, I know we know that, but the left just bulldozes, abandons the border, and everyone goes, well, I guess, you know, that's Joe Biden. He doesn't enforce the border. And, we, and you know, too much to the uh, danger of America, we don't have anyone on the conservative side in Washington screaming from the rooftops, speaking as members of the U.S. House that has the power of purse from the Constitution saying, until you enforce the border, we are defunding all White House salaries, all Department of Justice salaries, all Department of Homeland Security salaries. We're defunding everything until you enforce the border. We never, ever, 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 ever hear that kind of strength out of the Republicans. And it is a, a, tra a travesty, it's a tragedy, it's an unfolding disaster in America. Another thing is just amazing happening in Washington right now. So today, um, yesterday, John Durham testified in a private kind of setting in, in the Congress, I don't know, some committee, I suppose. Today, he testified publicly. And, in, and I have his little uh, summary right here. So John Durham is the uh, U.S. attorney who was assigned by Bill Barr, who's also turned out to be a disaster. But John Durham was assigned to look into once the whole Trump-Russia collusion collapsed and everyone in America realized that there was no Trump-Russia collusion. Mueller had to finally say, you know, we've spent millions of dollars and thousands of hours. There's no Trump-Russia collusion. All of that was a big bunch of garbage that the, that the uh, DOJ made up, and it wasn't the DOJ, actually they played along, but it was Hillary Clinton's campaign when she's running against Trump for president in 2016. She's running and her campaign team made up the Trump-Russia collusion. They actually cooked it up as, as a smear campaign against Trump. And what we learned after the Mueller investigation of you know, uh, trying to look into this allegedly nefarious Trump-Russia collusion, there was no such thing. Then Durham's asked to look into it. That's his job to find out how the heck did we end up getting the DOJ going after this claim of Trump-Russia collusion when there was nothing to it. Why did they keep investigating? Why did they keep looking into things? Why did they keep going for FISA warrants? And so you know, his report, Durham's report, comes out and says, actually, everyone in power knew all along they all knew, Brennan, Obama, all of them knew all along that there was no truth to the Trump-Russia collusion, that Hillary Clinton cooked it up as a campaign scheme, as a smear campaign against Trump. So today, Durham's in Congress and testifying, and basically he testified that President Obama, the CIA, and other DOJ officials all knew about Hillary's plan and still used it as evidence to go after Donald Trump. During a House Judiciary Committee meeting being held today, John Durham testified that the FBI completely ignored Hillary Clinton's plan to link Trump and, Trump and Russia and willingly accepted her politically funded research as fact. Last month, he released his report that exposed the levels of corruption at the DOJ when it came to Donald Trump. He said during the meeting today, the FBI and the CIA knew the initial 
excuse me, the intel was politically motivated, but they still use it to get Pfizer warrants to spy on candidate Trump. Now, I just want you to think for a moment. Think with me for a moment. Imagine if this was Trump's DOJ that did this to Hillary or did it to Obama, did it to anybody. Imagine if it were Trump's DOJ and Trump is permitting this. Now, this Trump was president while the DOJ was doing this, but the entire DOJ and FBI were still controlled because they are now captured agencies. They no longer follow rule of law. They no longer try to follow rule of law. They're leftist captured organizations that decided to play along and, and went along with this when there was no justification at all. Just imagine if the reverse were true. And I keep thinking, you remember Congress, you're sitting there in Congress, and you know that the president from your party, Donald Trump, was mistreated by the DOJ for years on end, and they knew all along there was nothing to it. And, and so here's Durham sitting there saying, yeah, there was really nothing to it. Oh, we just made it up. And, or they just made it up. They let it go. I, I mean, the idea of, you know, I, I was, this segment is really supposed to be about what, you know, what's the difference with communism, what's so bad about communism. But it's the idea when communists want to do something, they either bulldoze or like in this case, they do something truly egregious, but the entire propaganda media plays along, the entire left plays along, Everybody on the left plays along, and the Republicans seemingly helplessly sit there in Congress. Wow, we're getting thunder here. If you can hear it, we have, have thunder lightning gram in the back. Anyway, um, the entire GOP just kind of goes along and says, "Yeah, that, that probably wasn't really probably shouldn't have done that." And, and you know, I, if I were speaking to you in person, I'd say, "Raise your hand if you think anything is going to come of this. Is anyone in the DOJ going to be prosecuted?" And, and of course, who's going to prosecute the people in the DOJ? Who could the Republicans even get to be a special counsel? There's, this is the corruption of our government at its core. So wrapping up this little segment, what's wrong with communism? Communism makes its own laws. It makes its own identity. It makes its own rules. Communism is never, ever, 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 ever controlled by the rule of law, which is part and parcel of being America, part and parcel of the American system created uh, by the founding of our country. Communists, Marxists, they bulldoze, they do what they want, they ignore facts, they change what's true, and in our country, sadly, the propaganda media, which is pretty much everyone except for shows like mine, go along. And they act like they can't figure out why anyone's riled up about it. You know, on a similar note, um, I won't spend too much time on this except to say, just like, I'm going to wrap up the communist part here, what, you know, what's so bad about it, but the thing is you lose the whole idea of America, the whole idea of America, if you let communism thrive in this country. Communism and America are utterly inconsistent. America and socialism, America and Marxism, America and communism, utterly inconsistent. You either have America, rule of law, God-given rights and freedom, or you give it up. And right now we're pretty close to, and maybe even over the cliff, to already giving it up. And I'll just tell you, there was a great piece I'll quickly tell you about here because I do want to get to two more stories. I know it's thundering out there. Is anyone getting worried about this weather? No, no. Okay. I'm looking over the, there are people on the, in the, uh, where my producer is. I'm thinking, hi, I'm worried about the weather. Okay. I want to hit this other point, though. Uh, when you think about what the, the uh, Russian communists did in New Zealand, what they accomplished in New Zealand, here New Zealand has been happily and gratefully in a treaty with America and Australia, and it was because of America's protection of New Zealand during World War II. Everybody's happy with it. And in the space of a few years, the communist you know, psychological operation got the people of New Zealand so riled up that they voted essentially, to get rid of their, their affiliation with America. I mean, they very quickly turned a very healthy, strong relationship between Australia and New Zealand into one where New Zealand was left, you know, floating out there because they decided to end their treaty. And, you know, when you talk about how quickly people can change things in America, things can change, I just want to plant this seed with you. I am going to try to get my two more other stories, but uh, I want to plant this seed with you. Just think, if you will, back when, you know, maybe 10 years ago, you know, people had heard of transgenderism. 
people had heard of the idea that, you know, some people, you know, seem to wish they were the other gender and they wanted to make a transition when they became adults. You know, like Bruce Jenner wanted to try to become Caitlyn Jenner. And so I guess he, it, she, whatever that is, you know, uh, got to do that. But that came, that was a manipulation from a relatively rare occurrence where you think, well, you know, he's an adult. If he also he wants to do, this is a free country. Okay, very loud thunder. Okay, uh, so he, that was one thing. Where we are now, 10 years later, 2023, we're at the place where now in America, if you are a child, if you tell your teacher that you really think you're the opposite gender of what you are, and by the way, there are two genders and you never really can change. But in any case, you tell your teacher that you are you know, the opposite of what you really are, and your teacher tries to help you uh, in some way, enable you to begin a transition, and your parents object, you can lose your parental rights. California, and I think it's Washington State, have made this official. If you don't help your child transition from one gender to the other, you're the bad parent. And I'm getting at the point that this is an utter manipulation of America's thought. It is a psychological operation, just like many other issues where the American people have been subjected to this manipulation, confusion, where you end up just, um, you know, what we, everyone knew was true, what we frankly most people still know is true, but you understand you better not say that anymore because you could get in trouble. You have to use the pronouns that some kid said he or she really wants or else the school, you might lose your job as a teacher. I mean, we, it's gone lunatic in 10 years. Just imagine now what the World Economic Forum is trying to do. When I tell you the World Economic Forum and the leftists in America, leftists around the world, very much intend to have a loss of the identity of individual nation states, a loss of the sovereignty of America, a transition of America's sovereignty and power away from America into this one world, World Economic Forum, New World Order governance, where they're going to, you know, magically, so communist, you know, through communist ideology, fix everything, make a utopia, make everything fair, you know, end, uh, you know, take care of all pandemics, take care of all health problems. I mean, you think, well, that's not going to happen. This is America. We're not, just think how quickly America already changed on one fundamental, really no two ways about it issue is whether or not you're a boy or a girl. 10 years, and, and we, are, we are just at the point where we, you, you aren't really supposed to say out loud uh, that you don't believe in transgenderism. I'm telling you folks, you really need to watch this because these World Economic Forum leftists who run this country, and they, that is who's in power in our country, leftists who would happily cede American sovereignty to the World Health Organization, to the World Economic Forum, United Nations, just endlessly disperse, disperse, little by little by little by little by little, and all of a sudden, you don't have a sovereign country anymore. We've talked in this show uh, briefly about the idea of the um, uh, World Health Organization. Uh, in fact, America is going along with the World Health Organization, wants to be the one to decide whether or not uh, there is a pandemic going along, and then they want to take charge of it was a pandemic. So we're going to make policy for all the world about, you know, whether you have to get a vaccine, whether you have to wear a mask, whether social distancing must happen, whether you must shut down your business. And Biden and the entire anti-American left are totally on board with giving that power to the World Health Organization. World Health Organization also, oh my gosh, also recently announced that in addition to, you know, things like the, um, things like having pandemics be defined by the World Health Organization, they want to define other things as crises which they have power to control. Uh, one of those being climate change. Please understand how quickly they could use climate change to take over the world. They're not kidding. This is not just an abstract discussion. Speaking of climate change, tomorrow, Thursday, on our show, we have a wonderful special guest named Mark Morano coming in from Washington, D.C., founder of Climate Depot, a great, serious researcher on climate. And, you know, the idea he'll tell truth about climate, uh, I mean, I hope everyone tunes in, take notes, understand what the real facts are versus what the left tries to tell you. Okay, I'm going to try to hit two other topics. Before I do, 
Let me just urge you very quickly to consider Patriot Switch. And the reason I'm going to do this a lot of days between now and forever uh, is that Patriot Switch is one way people in America who are very, very concerned about whether or not uh, they are through their, what they can do to help America, what they can do to save America, how they can stop the the, uh, Chinese Communist Party intended takeover of America. How can I help? Here's a quick way. If you can put that happy little flyer up, we got Patriot Switch. Okay, so Patriot Switch is a great thing. All it basically is, is products made in America. Patriot Switch involves products made in America by American families. You're putting food on the table of American families. They're wonderful, high-quality products. They are not only high-quality products, they are clean uh, they're, they're not dangerous or better or safer or cleaner, so they have this Patriot-owned businesses, everything made in the USA, nearly 500 household products, better, safer, and clear, um, cleaner products, fast shipping. Go to PatriotSwitch.com slash Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, PatriotSwitch.com, Debbie G. All that you do there, you sign up your little your name and your email and your phone. Someone will call you and just say and just answer your questions. That's all that happens. You call, you put your name in, they'll call you. So you can ask all your questions. Go. Okay, so we're back. We had a major, we are having a major, major storm here in Dallas. You were hearing the thunder behind me, massive lightning, rain, and it shut down our power. But now we're back. Um, and so I wanted just to, so to, to wrap up what I was saying, um, you know, I just think it's a, um, it's a really important thing for wise people to recognize. We are being played and played and played by people who manipulate American thought. It's not just leftists in America. They may be the willing or maybe ignorant uh, echo chamber, but there really is an effort uh, to undermine the belief in America, the belief in America's unique greatness. You know, the CCP is happy to participate. They're manipulating thought here. Communists in America are, and you know, I, I'm very aware how people, in fact, Trevor Loudon is often called, oh, he's a communist conspiracy theorist. He's the most informed guy you will ever here on the spread of communism today. You know, I think people maybe more in the baby boomer um, ages thought, well, you know, we defeated communism. Remember that? You know, the Cold War, we defeated it. We have the the ideology and the the kind of human determination, the part of evil people who are, communism is evil, flat out evil. Socialism is evil, flat out evil. We need to make those words dirty words again in America, communism and socialism, and recognizing the way they function, the way they press their message is often very much by subtle manipulation of thought. You don't even realize you're being played until you've lost your country, or in the case I was talking about before we had the thunder interruption, uh, the power outage, uh, this idea of the push toward uh, globalism, World Economic Forum kind of thinking that many people, when they talk about it, uh, you hear the, um, the media, propaganda media saying, oh, don't be such a conspiracy theorist. These people are on track. They're doing exactly what they want to do. It takes patriots to stand up. Okay, on a tour of the quick, there was a great story that came out today. Um, and this was really out of James O'Keefe. And James O'Keefe, remember, he used to have Project Veritas. Then he uh, was forced out by leftists. And he's now formed his own group, which is O'Keefe Media Group, which has a very fun acronym, OMG. O'Keefe Media Group, they got someone in and talked to someone from BlackRock. If you don't know what Bla- do not know what BlackRock is, it controls trillions of dollars in this world, or maybe billions of dollars in this world. And it is the, uh, it's Larry Fink is the big guy at, uh, at uh, BlackRock. But the gist of it is they use their power of investing to uh, empower the money they hold to force leftist communist ideology onto corporations around the world. ESG is part of it, uh, you know, trying to make corporations stop rewarding merit and get us all into diversity and inclusion, all that garbage. But this is actually an amazing video that was uh, the same Project Veritas, OMG style, where they get someone, you know, to record someone who doesn't know they're being recorded. They get them to tell the truth because they don't know they're being recorded. I'm going to quick play this, so I hope that we keep our power on, and you can hear what 
uh, this individual from BlackRock had to say, uh, his name is Sergey Varley. He describes that BlackRock is pretty much running the world. And here's just a little clip of what they got from OMG. But they don't want to be in the news. They, they don't want people to talk about them. They don't want to be anywhere on the radar. Why not? I don't know, but I suspect it's probably because it's easier to do things when people aren't thinking about it. All of these financial institutions, they buy politicians. You can take this big ton of money, and then you can start to buy people. I work for a company called BlackRock. Meet Serge Varley, a recruiter at BlackRock. Let me tell you, it's not the who's the president. It's who's controlling the, the wallet. So it's, it's the, and who's like, that? The hedge funds. The banks, these guys run campaign financing. Yep, you can buy your candidates. And obviously, we have the system works. First, there's the senators. And these guys are cheap. You got 10 grand, you can buy a senator. I can give you 500k right now. No questions asked. Yeah. I didn't do this. We're done. Does you like know, everybody do that? Does BlackRock do that? Everybody. It doesn't matter who wins. They're still right. They're, they're my pocket. Here's Serge Varley on how good war is for BlackRock's business. Do you have any um, thoughts on the Ukraine-Russia war? Yeah, I mean, I, I do have thoughts. What are, what are they? Ukraine is good for business. You, you know, right? I'll give an example. Russia Russia blows up Ukraine's grain silos. Price of wheat is going to go mad up. The Ukrainian economy is tied very largely to the wheat market, global wheat market. Prices of bread, of, you know, it, literally everything is, it goes up and down. This is fantastic if you're trading. Volatility creates opportunity to make profit. War is real f***ing good for, for business. It's exciting when shit goes wrong, right? BlackRock manages 20 trillion. It's incomprehensible numbers. BlackRock Serge Varley says all of this is above a normal person's understanding. You're like a undercover reporter. I don't know what normal people don't give a this is, this is beyond them. The whole thing of like domination from a concept is just, it's, it's so interesting. Hi, I'm James O'Keefe with OMG News. Here we are with our latest story. Yeah, we, that is James O'Keefe. Used to he founded uh, Project Veritas. Now he has OMG. This is really, and this is one of those things where. If we live in a sane world, the fact that this video is now available and everyone who cares can pay, is paying attention can watch it and understand how BlackRock thinks. They control $20 trillion worldwide. They talk about how they use their money. He says hedge funds, banks, they essentially rule the world. You have you know, $10,000, you can buy a congressman. Uh, senators, incredibly cheap. He talks about how, uh, I mean, this is, this is the absolute manipulation of what's supposed to be free markets and investing uh, by essentially communist control um, via BlackRock, controlled by BlackRock, by this, this uh, you know, hedge fund, I don't know what they call themselves a hedge fund, but the gist of what they are, they're money managers, and they basically end up controlling everything. And that's what he's acknowledging. You think that congressmen and senators and even the president run to stand on principle? I'm telling you, it's another Truman story moment to understand these people we elect, many of them, are controlled by money. He's saying, yeah, that's what we do. We do. We control them by money. We, you know, we get them money. They'll do what we want them to do. On the, he's, um, he said the senators, uh, the senators, U.S. senators are effing cheap. You have 10 grand, you can buy a senator. He's basically saying all of these hedge funds and, and, and banks and big groups like, like um, BlackRock, they get tons of money, they control policy, they control what Congress does. You might think when you hear there's a discussion on a big bill and you're so excited because so-and-so testified, this is a great point that they made, probably Congress will change this. And this guy's saying, you know, you're, you're like Truman, you're asleep at the wheel. You have no idea. The entire country is being controlled by these massive banks with massive money who control the outcomes of everything. He said war is good, 
war is good, you know, really bad things happening, like somehow, you know, if whichever way he said it, Russia destroys Ukraine's wheat crop or you, Ukraine destroys Russia, whatever it's going to be, you know, then you have a great advantage because, you know, prices go up and down, way to make money. I mean, these people, I, I, I do feel like, I mean, I'm pretty darn uh, immersed in reading and thinking about things going on in life. And um, I, I'm blown away sometimes by the stuff I, I realize is actually occurring. Um, okay, so I, I, we're a little bit weird on time, but I'm going to quick do one other quick story. I'll probably come back to it another day. Before I finish, I do want to encourage you again the, tomorrow to tune into this show. We have Mark Morano coming in. He is a um, brilliant expert on climate, Mark Morano. And on um, our Thursday show, in-studio audience, it'll be very fun. Uh, and you'll learn a lot about climate. Uh, you'll never again be duped by the climate change alarmists. Never again. Okay, last quick story. I'll do it in a quick 30 seconds and we'll roll. But I call this the Hunter plea deal versus the Trump show trial. All I want to say is, and this is, you know, as my best friend from law school used to say, she used the expression of PGO, which is a pointed glimpse into the obvious. Okay, this may be a PGO, but... Hunter Biden, with the entire world now able to see what's on his laptop, to read what's on his laptop. If you haven't gotten it, you can get the book by Garrett Ziegler. He printed the whole con the contents of the whole laptop. Uh, you can read many, many places what's on the Hunter Biden laptop. It's just a, it's a you know, uh, felony-filled laptop. And the DOJ's been investigating for Hunter Biden for years and years and years. And they just announced a deal, essentially, that Hunter Biden is, of course, not going to go to jail. This is uh, he who occupies the White House son, not going to go to jail, um, going to end up, you know, um, with a plea deal, uh, you know, some charge involving a gun, which he apparently lied about getting, uh, lied in order to get. So he's going to, you know, go to some diversion program about that. Um, and then he had a failure to file income taxes or failure to declare income of major proportions. Um, and so for that, he's getting a fine. So basically, Hunter Biden, life a walking felony for decades, and he is going to get a plea deal, has gotten a plea deal apparently, and uh, is going to walk, you know, kind of float free. And I just want to say, this is not only this issue, but it's against the backdrop of Congressman Comer just having announced last week that they now have, because of Biden family f uh, bank records, they believe they're going to show 30 to $50 million flowing from the CCP, flowing from China into the Biden family coffers. That's what they have. That's how much money they have been receiving, and apparently as a bribe, I mean, I don't think CCP is sending money to Biden. This is back when Biden was vice president under Obama, and so he's got a lot of policies to sell, a lot of power to sell, a lot of you know, decisions we could make based on you know, how much money he's getting from China. So this is that announcement just made and yet how the DOJ is going to settle this deal uh, with Hunter is he's basically going to get a slap on the wrist. He's going to get nothing, pretty much. Now, maybe they'll have different charges eventually, uh, but I doubt it. Uh, there also, there was a great line by uh, Jonathan Turley, who's a wonderful lawyer, um, and, uh, you know, he is a Democrat. I mean, he's been more honest than a lot of Democrats, but he had a statement out, this plea deal has the makings of an avoidance of any jail time. But more importantly, it is an evasion of the more serious allegations facing Hunter Biden and the Biden family. So it is historic in the sense that the president's son is going to plead guilty to criminal acts. It's going to be very controversial for critics. I think for many, this is going to look like you ticketed the getaway driver after a bank robbery. He's basically saying you're letting him off with nothing and everybody knows it. And I'll close the show today by just contrasting briefly with Trump because you know the, the uh, judge in Florida has now announced an August trial date for President Trump dealing with documents he had at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, that's very unlikely to occur. They're just setting a trial date. They have this. This is one of the jurisdictions where they call it the rocket docket. I mean, they really want to try to keep cases moving. And so they're very, very pushy about getting cases moving through. Don't let delays happen, which is overall a great goal, of course. But in any case, so Trump's trial is set for August. I want to make this point again in closing that I made the other day, and I just want to try to say it as crisply as I can. When President Trump was president, 
under the Presidential Records Act, he had complete authority to take any documents that pertain to his presidency, that any documents, and he had the right to designate them as, you know, top secret, classified, to unclassify them. He had complete authority, and he was president at the time all these documents that we're now discussing were in his possession. So he's president, he has rights under the Constitution, rights under the Presidential Records Act, rights under uh, the, his role as, as a president, as a chief executive officer, to make designations no higher authority than, than Trump when he's president to decide the classification of documents. So he's got these documents, he has the right to have them, he takes them to Mar-a-Lago, and now he's being prosecuted for having them at Mar-a-Lago. And what I tried to say the other day, and I think I got too wordy about it, is the archives, the National Archives, as well as the, I don't even know what to call them, the bureaucratic deep state DOJ, is essentially saying they have more authority, they have more right to decide what documents he can have, to decide whether he's allowed to have them, even though the documents were, he had the right to take them when he was president to Mar-a-Lago or anywhere else. He had that right. And so this is really this, you know, whatever you want to call it, the fourth estate, this is the bureaucratic state in America rising up and saying, we have, we're more powerful than, we are a higher authority than the president. And they're not, they, they aren't, and they, they can't be. We can't go down this path of saying these unelected bureaucrats have the power to take down the former president for taking documents that he had the right to possess and to remove. There's, there, I mean, this is the most absurd situation. The president is being charged with having documents that he had the right to have. And the archives are saying, no, but you know, when he leaves, we get to decide, and the DOJ, they're worried about whatever. They, they, they had a bunch of things they tried to prop up and say, well, we're worried about this, worried about that. They're not worried about anything. I'm convinced, it is my strongly held opinion, the only reason the archives people and the DOJ are going after Trump over these documents, which is an absurd case, is because they want more than anything to prevent him from successfully running for president again. So far, I'd say they're losing ground. The people are behind Trump, and every time they do something more to him, the more the support builds up uh, for him because the American people can see what the bureaucratic state, what the deep state is doing to Trump, and they don't like it. At the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our day today talking about the Truman Show in real life. Truman Show protagonist finally woke up to realize everything in his life was fake, all lies. Americans are waking up to their own government as a government of lies. Lying about a secure border, lying about secure elections, lying about the origin of COVID, about masks and lockdowns and vaccine safety, lying about fossil fuels and CO2 and gas stoves, lying about the purpose of the central bank digital currency, which is to control everything in your life, lying about fair and impartial administration of justice, lying about reasons and status of the Ukraine-Russia war, lying about the unconscionable, unprecedented, alleged bribery of the Biden cabal. The blizzard of lies is unsustainable. The American people will not tolerate it. Law and order cannot be maintained without truth. And what's wrong with communism? Boomers understand the evil of communism. Younger generations have been fooled by communist sophistry with words. Be open to new ideas. Sharing is good. Would be better if everything were more equal. The Bible and Christianity is a myth, a collection of made-up stories. This is what young people have been taught. Americans' prosperity springs from the founding rooted in the acknowledgement of a creator, God, and his creation endowed with rights that human government must honor. Communism equals socialism equals Marxism equals atheism equals tyranny. It's all one big ugly one thing. Take away God as creator, men and women become soulless carbon units, no inherent dignity or worth, useless eaters to quote um, Yuval Harari, 
Uh, no inherent rights that government must protect, no sense of morality or ethics except what the human authorities dictate, and no freedom. Americans must relearn a simple eternal truth. Communism is evil in whatever guise it may take. And I'm BlackRock busted, but does it matter? James O'Keefe, now doing undercover, expo um, now doing undercover exposed as part of the O'Keefe Media Group, captures on video a BlackRock recruiter spouting off. It's not who the president is, it's who's controlling the wallet of the president. That was a BlackRock recruiter saying that. War is real effing good for business. Again, BlackRock computer. You got $10,000, you can buy a senator. These guys, hedge funds, BlackRock and the banks, control the world. And sadly, in some very sickle way, people, it's true. The claim that money and wealth equals power is as old as humanity. BlackRock is the latest master of the universe intending to set the rules for the rest of us. ESG is largely the creation of Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock. BlackRock embraces and pushes globalism, denying the exceptionalism of America. BlackRock is an enemy to the cause of human freedom. It's an enemy of America as one nation under God. On the Hunter plea deal versus a Trump show trial, Hunter Biden cops a plea with no jail time. Trump criminal documents trial moved up to start in August, but it won't. And by the way, he is facing allegedly like hundreds of years in prison if they decide to do this. DOJ Pravda Media apparently believes Americans accept this as equal administration of justice. Evidence of actual bribery and graft involving Joe and Hunter Biden is overwhelming. Involves millions of dollars and the purchase of American policy. Involves apparent compromise of America's interest to the CCP as criminally corrupt and indefensible as any presidential behavior in American history. But DOJ lets off Hunter and goes after Trump over ridiculous documents case. No way to overstate the complete moral collapse of the DOJ and the FBI. America deserves better. Americans must insist on it. And that, my very fine friend, is America Can We Talk for today. So sorry for the thunder and lightning interruption in the show. I uh, hope, glad you hung in there with us. And uh, I want to thank you for tuning in to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis. This show is America Can We Talk. We have a website, americacanwetalk.org. You can find everything about this show. Tune in there. Sign up for our newsletter. Become a member. Come to our Thursday shows if you can do that in the Dallas area. But most of all, tune in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do America Can We Talk to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you hear?